You're listening to The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation hosted by me, Michelle Corey, that breaks down the barriers surrounding art, theater, travel, and more to serve a digestible dose of culture for all. crew. Thank you for joining me for another tasty week of the Cultured Podcast. We've got another amazing show lined up. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to be combining a bunch of different art forms into one and talking to Nate Damon, who is known in Atlanta as ATL TV head. And uh, spoiler alert, it's because he wears a TV on his head in Atlanta. I know! Cool! So we're going to be talking to him about performative art and uh, wearable technology and basically everything under the sun that has to do with this idea that he came up with a couple years ago to wear a working LED TV on his head. But before we do that, this week we have a crew member who submitted her inspiration. Erin, thank you for submitting what inspires you. And this is what Erin has to say. Erin's inspired by investment in community. She grew up in organized religion and took a break from it for a few years because she was trying to find herself, as we all need to do, and the kinds of institutions that feel right for her. Um, So she recently found a place of worship that is open and it feels welcoming, specifically because it focuses more on the human experience rather than religiosity, and that feels right to her. So Erin shares with us that this is a new community that's reinvigorated her. It's inspired her beyond measure. It's made her feel surrounded by love and hope. And what's more inspiring than that? So thank you so much, Erin, for sharing this inspiration with us and for shedding a different perspective on how community shapes us. Sending you all the love in the world, Erin, and thank you for being a part of the Cultured Crew. Love you so much. Alrighty, folks. Well, on that amazing note, let's just jump right into it and talk to Nate Damon, also known as ATL TV Head. Welcome to the show, Nate. What's up? (laughs) Yeah. I love the energy. Yeah. So you are kind of a mad scientist because you dabble in a lot of different things and building components and electrical stuff. So tell us a little bit about your career and how that led into ATL TV Head. So uh, my career, my day-to-day is robotics engineering. So I actually um, get on my computer, click around in a software and make metal things and then one day uh, ship out for those metal things and they come back in. I put them together, and then they move, and it's pretty awesome. Uh, It sounds pretty awesome. Also, it sounds like you're going to be in really good favor when the robots take over. Oh, yeah. They'll probably kill me first. Why? I'll be in the shop where they get built. You make them. Yeah. They'll need you. Well, I'll just show them love and compassion. Yeah. And that hopefully, yeah. Oh, okay. Continue. (laughs) Sorry. I basically build robots to uh, manipulate fabric. That is really cool. So obviously you have this background in putting together components and in creating Mm -hmm. technology in different ways. So how did the idea for – why don't we start with what is ATL TV Head? Uh, ATL TV Head is an interactive wearable installation art on the move. Uh, Yeah, that's that's as best as I think I can describe it. 
And so for those listening who've never seen ATL TV Head, obviously you can go to the show notes at culturedpodcast.com. I'm going to have pictures and links and and you can find out. But for those listening to this episode, can you describe what he looks like? Uh, So imagine a 1969 television, uh, black and gold, that you have glowing lights on the front of it instead of an actual screen. And then replace someone's head with that. <laughs> That's about what it is. With little bunny ears antenna at the back. Oh, yeah. They have to be, one is cocked to the side and one is always straight up. Why you, is that? Because it's cuter. <laughs> it's so much cuter. You're yeah. right. So tell us the origin story for ATL TV Head. I graduated from college. I was in a job for probably about a year at this time. Um, and all of my friends were like, you know what, guys? We're all going to move away. And then I was like, oh, cool. So who's staying? Cricket chirp in the background. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, maybe I should meet people. I was basically feeling a little bit lonely in the sense that like, it's really honestly a good feeling when you just like sit down with your friends and everyone's smiling and you get to see people smile and have that engagement of like love and community building and sharing. So I wanted to somewhat replicate that as well as actually totally do something different, not related to that at all, which was build masks for musicians. So I went and saw like this performance with a masked musician and like the engineer in me was just like, I noticed several things wrong with your mask (laughs) that I can build better because I'm always looking to make things better in some way or do something, um, just, just give a better tool to someone who is already using a tool, but I noticed like the problems with it. Uh, Not saying that I am the one to say what is a better tool, but I'll give my opinion. I decided one day to, you know what, I I do kind of want to build something for this dude. So I should probably show, like before I even communicate anyone, if you don't have a portfolio, you can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, although mechanical engineers are more like math and sciency, and it's all about like what GPA you had, <laughs> I feel like it's it's critically important to have a portfolio on pieces that you worked on, especially to show like, hey, I, I know theory, but I can actually make things in reality. Like the theory is great, and you need it to make sure things go right when they do come to reality. But if you can't bring it to reality and it's always theoretical, then, I mean, what what are you? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Just yeah. writing down stuff on a piece of paper. You combine the the analytical side with the actual, like, constructive side. And, yeah. and you put those together. And I think that's where what's so interesting is there's that artist side of you and then there's that engineer side that come together for this. Oh, yeah. I think the artist was kind of like... Uh, beat into me a little bit by my older sister. She really? is she is definitely the one in my family that has all of that creative energy and uh, that eye to notice like interesting details about things and kind of build them into art pieces. And just growing up with her, I got to see that and got to explore that side of myself. But uh, to get back to ATL TV head and how that came about. So I wanted to build this mask and just prove myself a little bit to myself, to like maybe musicians in the future, to people that I would work with. And then I did want to also build that sort of, man, I'm, I'm lonely and I, I want to make like a community happen again. So I built the TV and 
I was so excited. I immediately took it out and I was like, man, I'm, I'm getting stopped to take all these photos and it's really fun, but how come they're all couples? <laughs> I looked down on my phone and it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> That was the that was the debut of ATL TV. Yep. Just to give everyone an example of I didn't even know it was Valentine's Day when this was when it first went down. This is so adorably innocent. But I had a blast just like being able to make people laugh and smile and just being able to take them out of their life for a Mm -hmm. few minutes. Like what what happens in and this is something I realized much later on is TV had could literally make people stop like everything and would they would just stop and look and stare they were in the middle of a conversation they were walking they were i don't know playing soccer and then all of a sudden people would stop and look and then that's my cue to kind of like run up and engage what's your form of engaging i usually actually start off with two different things and for men and women i've noticed react totally differently so it's it's pretty awesome to get to explore that. Um, normally, when I approach people, I will go to kind of a semi-crowded area, somewhere that people who don't want to engage with me can easily ignore me, and people who want to engage with me can, mm-hmm. uh, because I never want to make anyone feel trapped. I'm I'm wearing a mask, and I know if I came across someone wearing a mask. I would think it's a little bit like, all right, well, who's behind it? So mm-hmm. I can see that. I can get with that. And, and there are enough horror films with people wearing masks that I'm oh, sure yeah. triggers things for some people. Oh, yeah. So Even though it's like the most adorable thing, it's like this, like you said, this 1960s TV, and usually you have the LED lights showing a heart. And always it's, so a it's heart. Like always a heart. Yeah. And so it's like a very approachable mask, but... It's still a mask. It's still a mask. Yeah, and I have had people like just see me and like bolt, just go a different direction, and you know that's totally fine. I understand that. I'm not. I'm not ever gonna chase anyone down and be like, "Pay attention to me." Mm, Yeah, that's probably a good idea. But then again, I do wear a glowing LED faceplate, so I usually will do a wave and just like wave at them, or do like a thumbs up. And usually the wave gets like, if I see people walking in a group, all the women respond to the wave and start waving back. And then all the dudes are like skeptically looking at me. And then I do a thumbs up and then that breaks them down. And then (laughs) everyone's just kind of like, this guy's all right. Yeah, this TV headed dude, he's cool. Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like you have the opportunity or maybe you already do it subconsciously or consciously to run social experiments on on how people respond to certain things, especially beneath a mask. I try not to just because if you want to engage someone in a way that opens them up, social experiments can definitely just mess with someone. Mm. So I, I'm trying to be conscious of like, how do I engage them in a way that just makes them happy and just makes puts a smile on someone's face? Um, social experiments more would, for me, just being ways to generate that smile, to generate that, that happiness and positivity and allow uh, me, the TV, and the, the person I'm interacting with to have a good moment rather than a moment where they're just like... Man, that was weird. I don't ever want to see that person again. <laughs> right. Yeah. So authenticity matters a lot to you. Obviously yeah. spreading messages of positivity and, and just generating positive interactions. Why is that important to you? If you look at our climate as of the the U.S., the world, Atlanta, and everything, it's 
one, it's a bit chaotic. Like we're in a period of change right now. Um, I feel like as entities that arise of kind of like more chaotic things and things that kind of keep us in a, a darker mindset, there should also be an equal amount of things that bring us to a, a lighter mindset. That's so I just want to be one of those. The yin and the yang. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So why a TV? Uh, I found it magically on Etsy. Tell us about that. So usually you look up like televisions on like you go to eBay, you go to Craigslist, nothing. I couldn't find anything. Um, but you already had in your mind that it wa you wanted it to be a TV. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was originally just going to design my own. So I had read this uh, manga called Air Gear and uh, it's about extreme rollerblading and like this crazy pseudo-scientific world that kind of developed around these rollerblades that are self-propelled and like basically gangs now use them as like fighting weapons and stuff like that um and of course it's japanese so there's a bunch of like scandalous dressed women and <laughs> i'm apologize for that but i was in it for the rollerblades guys <laughs> i was in it for the rollerblades okay all right yeah you passed the test yeah <laughs> And, uh, but there's this one character in it that whenever these gangs would have a battle, it was almost broadcasted to the underground, like, community of these people. These were events to go out and watch and be seen and, and to view. And there was always one dude who was the announcer, and he was this guy who had modded a television so he could wear it on his head. <laughs> So he would like ride a motorcycle with wearing this TV head into like the shot. Um, eventually, he does take off the television, and you can see his face, and you're like, "All right, he's a human dude, not a not a robot," because mm -hmm. robots do come up. So that was actually the the basis for TV uh, as TV head uh, was just some dude that went around that was able to kind of either capture the action or see the moment and and be able to broadcast it and share it with people. So I, I liked that idea of using a television to broadcast like a message, um, especially with like all the connotations of like, you go home and you turn on the television and you zombify. Well, what if the television goes out to you and um, says something different than what's on television right now? Yeah. You know, putting something positive back on TV is Directed what I like to call at it. you. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than you being an audience of it, you being an interaction. You're a part it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, that you're a part of it thing I want to actually bring to a whole other level. Um, so the I'm working on the next firmware for the television head. You go to my website, you log into basically Twitch chat, and you can control my television channels. You can actually not just watch me like walk around the town if you can't actually be out but you can directly interact with the people i interact with by changing my television channels by setting certain animations up by actually being able to like weirdly communicate with other people through the tv i'm gonna be able to see what you see is that right? a little bit yeah so i'm not having a camera in the television that's creepy don't do that <laughs> Uh, but I will have my cell phone out actually being able to broadcast a, a live stream. Okay. So people yeah. are going to see you interacting with others. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be something that obviously the people you're interacting with can tell they're being recorded. And yeah. then 
people can then interact with whomever you're interacting with by changing your channel on Twitch chat. Yep. So you're going to have predetermined content that people can switch to. Yes. All okay, positive. Because yeah, yeah, nope. I could see that going way wrong if it was like open. Yeah, no way. <laughs> um, I did... Uh, I did a kind of version of that for this art event called Nine to Five, mm -hmm. where I I filtered the messages that got displayed, but I could still display someone else's message on the television, like script, you know, like scrolling text and stuff. Yeah. But um. But you were moderating it. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what were some of the messages that came out that you allowed? Um, mostly it was just really random, funny ones. Like, uh, I think. Lunch meat coffee beans was just something someone said, and I was like, great, that one's going on. Hey, that's someone's perspective. Yeah. important to them in that moment. So very clearly, it had nothing to do with anything I could tell, at least. If... I do like lunch meat and coffee beans. I know. So good so. choices. So have you ever um, thought about creating a background story to ATL TV head? Like, is he a separate character that you consider, or is he an extension of yourself? This has gone a little bit back and forth. So during the period where I was still like finding new friends in the city, reconnecting with old friends that I hadn't really like met up with in a few years, TV Head was definitely the extension of myself that just wanted to interact, to make people smile and to make me happy by making someone else happy. Now it's more of a character. Now it's, uh, I would say, I have a ton of people I've either met through TV head or just met elsewhere that are extremely positive and loving people. Now I just do it to still like bring positivity and bring happiness to other people, but it's, it's less of my emotional life and more of just something I do because I'm passionate about making other people happy now. Would you consider yourself a performance artist? Yeah, there's one day where you just wake up and you realize you're a street performer. <laughs> That's, That's my joke. That's my joke, everyone. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, too, about the evolution, and that kind of touches on the evolution of it because it started out as, like you said, this way for you to meet people, this way for you to feel a part of a community and maybe even build a community around yourself. And you did that successfully, and so now it's evolving and transforming into something else. So... Tell us a little bit about how you see the evolution up until this point. I would say it's been pretty like chaotic in nature, actually. It's either I would have a free time, like a free night after work where I was just like, I was working really hard. I'm going to give myself some time to go and like recoup a bit. And then that recoup just turned out to be me wearing a television out in public. Um, and... It progressed that way for a few months where I was just mainly going out and walking the city. And that's what I still love. I still love that moment that I'm on a neighborhood street. Literally no one is out. I'm just walking around with the television on my head because that's a really funny sight in my mind mentally to envision like here's this TV headed character going down. <laughs> And a, um, a man or a woman comes out of their house and automatically is just like going out to their car and then looks up and sees me and then they just stop. And they're <laughs> like, what? Imagine like a big dorky wave like goes on, super exaggerated, and then they wave back and they smile and that's it. Like that was, that was the creation of ATL TV Head to me. It was the, in those moments that um, really 
I guess, brought the project forward. And then, then I brought it to more like the evolution went from, those are still my favorite moments. And then I got a little bit more, uh, I would just go to more public places. I started going out interacting with more and more people. And I just tried to see how many people I could get engaged. And when I say that, just like wave and maybe talk to me, ask me like, what is it? Which is probably the main, it's that question or like, hey, change the channel. And then I do change the channel. And then they were like, oh, <laughs> that was a fun evolution. That moment right there, the how many people asked me to change my channel. And then I did. Yes. Because I was like, I mean, I, I can. I don't. I'm a TV. What, <laughs> what makes you think I don't have multiple channels? So um, what? how do you answer people who ask you what is it? I answer them in a few different ways, depending on how genuine their question is. So I don't like to mess with people, and I do like being um, truthful in, like, my answers. But, yeah, sometimes when people do ask me, like, well, what is it? I'm just kind of like... It's a television on my head. But if they're truly asking me and not like... Facetious. Yeah. Then I actually go into the detail where I just like making people happy. And if this made you smile, that's all it is about. Mm -hmm. Has wearing the TV on your head changed your perspective at all? I think it's shown me that there is a large number of people that do want to branch out from maybe the way society sees them. And some people that you may walk down the street and have a prejudice about like maybe the way they dress or what neighborhood do you think they come from? And then they totally surprise you and just break out of their shell and full on engage in like the most truthful and honest way. That surprised me a lot. I always thought since I'm wearing a mask, I'll get interactions where they're wearing a mask in the same sense like, hey, I'm not showing you my face, so there is some barrier between us. And I fully expected barriers to be brought back to me. And some people just don't. Right. And that's awesome. That's really Maybe powerful. Maybe they feel safer not facing another human face, you know? Like only seeing, talking to a heart on a TV. First of all, there's something that when you see ATL TV head in person, it just disarms you. And so I think that for the right person, it drops your barriers because you're immediately like, <laughs> like it brings out this childlike wonder, this awe inside of you. And then the fact that you are so open and warm in your interactions with other people, I think further shows them there is a human under here and a human that wants positive energy around everyone, which is really nice. Do you have any wearable technology heroes that you look up to? So it's weird. There there aren't any like singular people really developing crazy wearable tech that is like, this is branded by this exact person who does it. Mm -hmm. There's a few people, but the community is still really small. And a lot of it is is held into kind of collegiate levels of like universities and things like that. There's one woman in New York named Becky Stern. She does a ton of amazing work. Uh, she works for a company called Adafruit. They're a maker company. You can basically go on their website, buy tons of electronic components and get your own wearable project up and running. So Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, just for everyone. That was that was your your note to to get some things and do yeah. something weird. For sure. Anybody else? Um, 
I love costume design too. So I actually follow like uh, sometimes the fashion week in in different cities. Uh, also, the musician Bjork has a costume designer uh, named James T. Mary. I follow him. Um, yeah. Wow. How cool would it be to see you down a runway <laughs> wearing the TV on your head? There is. Oh, so this gets on to a whole other level. Uh, there's a community of TV heads. Are on, there? Yeah, on like social media sites. Uh, there's even a Discord. Like if you know what Discord is, it's it's an internal chat based. So it's all website based like chat, video, text or whatever. And there's a community of TV heads on there. No way. From across yeah. the U.S. or the world? The world. Oh, this is like wide scale. I don't necessarily go to the Discord because it gets into like role playing. Mm. And I'm, that, that, I don't know. There's always a yin to the yang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'll just wear the TV around my city yeah. and make people happy. And you do you. See, this is day. what you always fascinates me about the world is all these tiny microcosms that exist that you could never imagine exist right alongside you, you know, like a community of global TV heads. Oh, definitely. So one of the TV heads in New York City does actually do fashion and runway with their TV on. Ironically, my very first in computer design of what TV head would look like before I actually found a 1960s television is so close to this guy's work. It's like hilarious for me that two people came up with a, a very similar idea nearly at the same time, but he has expanded upon it. He's taken like uh, it in directions that I wouldn't have gone. So it's super cool to see like his work and see um, him actually doing kind of like runway modeling with it or providing TV heads for other models. It's interesting. I, I like to keep up with it. So sure. interesting. So what's the future evolution for ATL TV head? Uh, for future evolution of ATL TV head is right now just this kind of like firmware update where I have, I'm walking around the city, engaging with people, engaging with the people online who are viewing a stream, who are chatting in there and talking to me and having the people who are online interacting with the people who are who I'm interacting with. So I I fully get that local to world, internet to uh, physical like mixture all in one and happening at the same time. Especially in a, a wearable project that like I'm walking around a city right now, totally untethered, unwired to like computers, to hardware. And yet there is someone in Australia tuning in and can interact with someone in Atlanta through the television. And that is what I love. I love that th instead of being this television that's like a one-way communication that like is forcibly being broadcasted to you as a viewer, now it's there's a human on the other side, just like there's a human on the inside of it. It's... So how does it look on the inside? And is it looks it like it looks like shutter shades. Does it? Yeah. And is, so is it heavy? Um, uh, I don't personally think so anymore, but maybe it's just because I've worn it for a bit too long and my neck cricks every time I turn it. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it, it was it was decent like when how I much when does I started. It weigh? Uh, I think it weighs about five pounds. Okay. So. All right. Yeah, after one Dragon Con, you can pretty much tackle anything. 
You've told me that it's not too heavy. You've told me that you can see through it, but I don't believe you. So can I try yes. it on? <laughs> All right. I'm going to put on ATL TV head and I'm going to describe for you guys what it feels like. And yeah, I'll even have a photo of me wearing it. Duh. I'm a ham. Okay. Here it comes. Oh, he's getting the antenna out. He's Where's my crooked antenna? Oh my God. Look at the lights. I have a big head. Let's see if it fits with the headphones. Oh my God, this is like scary. <laughs> All right, I am wearing the TV head and it does look like shutter shades, like he said. It's kind of fun because there's like all these lights. This is kind of how I see the world. It is a little bit heavy. Oh, he's changing my channel. <laughs> I'm like a kid in a candy store around my head. This is fun. Do, do I look good on, in it? So good. This is fun. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit heavy. I could see why your neck would get really tired because you wear this like a lot. How often do you wear this? I wear it enough to shrink over time. <laughs> Ouch. I have no clue how long I wear it. Probably, I'll, I'll say that I, I generally will wear it for like two hours at a time and then take a break and then put it back on. Okay. But sometimes um, longer, sometimes shorter. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your TV head with me. That was really of cool. Of course. You're welcome. Okay. Well, thanks again for being here. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Holy moly. Is Nate not awesome? Who thinks about making a TV and putting it on their head? This is exactly why I feel so grateful and honored to be able to have these conversations on the Cultured Podcast and have you guys along for the ride. So you know what to do. You can check out the show notes to find all these tasty links that I'm about to serve up. Uh, but in case you just can't wait to go to culturedpodcast.com, you can always find Nate at natedamon.com. You can learn about Nate and some of his videography work because, yeah, Curveball, he also does video work. And uh, you can see some photos of him. You can also find him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ATL TV Head. So huge love and huggies to Nate for being on the show. And you guys, I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, keep it classy, keep it curious, keep it cultured. Cultured.